BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. I tell them I'm not like. Hi guys, welcome to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. And well, while we're here, I will have finished my first live show. Um, that episode will be coming out next week. I am really excited. I'm re-recording this. So hopefully everything went well. Also, our Remedying Housewives Summer Collection is now available to shop. I will have that linked below. Um, very big things happening. Okay, guys. Also, we have new stuff with the Okine. Follow us on Instagram and you'll get updated there. But today we have Bria Jones on the podcast. I cannot believe we haven't already recorded. We've been talking about it forever. I just thought we had already. I don't, I don't know why I thought we had already recorded because Bria and I just have like very deep talks. Um, but I'm really excited to have her on the show today. She's like an unbelievable human being. She's one of those people that feels so like warm. You just feel safe around her. I was so anxious getting to the studio today. And I was like, thank God Bria is coming because I know I will feel so much better. And I already do. So I'm telling you, Bria is the best. She is all over social. She's blowing up on YouTube. She's on Instagram. She's on TikTok. She's an incredible follow. Um, and she has like really valuable content. She has recorded a ton of episodes. I know with Peyton on just like essentially on like finances and limiting beliefs. She has a YouTube video too that I've watched so many times that has really helped me. And I just love her. We're talking about navigating adult friendships. We're talking about her being the breadwinner. We're also talking about anxiety, panic attacks. Like I think you guys are going to absolutely love this episode. It feels like you're just kind of in the room with two friends. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. By the way, you can also watch us on YouTube. You can watch every single episode that we have on our YouTube channel. If you're more of like a video sort of gal or guy, you know, let me know. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, and without further ado, let's welcome Bria onto the show. Hi, Bria. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. I'm very anxious today. And when Bria walked in the studio, I was like, thank God you're here. I'm going to feel mm -hmm. so much better selfishly, you know? Yeah. No, I'm bringing the calm today, which is actually not normally my vibe. But I'm glad that like I can do that for you. You are very calm today. I am. I'm telling what? you. What have you done differently? Like what's happening? I'll tell you after the episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it. We're also matching today. I know. And I'm wearing a kind of pants per the most supportive friend. We both are wearing them. We're both wearing blazers with them. I was like, let me be cute and get my O-Kind pants today. Honestly, I've been wearing 
can we cuss here? Yeah. I've been wearing the shit out of them. And then, yeah, like I'm trying to be put together, but like blazers in Texas, like what are we thinking, honestly? Well, that's a thing I wear. I wear like the Okine pants because they're so lightweight. And then I'll wear like a tank top and then I throw the blazer on when I'm inside. Yeah, you knew what you were doing with these because it's like Texas girl summer, but also we can make these work. And it covers, well, like when I have like a really bad self-tan, which is like 90% of the time, like if (laughs) when it's like peeling off my skin, I can cover my body in the summer when I really need to. So it's really actually become the best thing ever where I'm not scrubbing my skin 24-7. No, thank you for these pants. They're incredible. Thank you so much. Okay, (laughs) I want to talk to you about a lot of things, but I want to start with navigating adult friendships. Okay. That is a very tough topic. It's Mm -hmm. It's very hard. We talk a lot about making friends post-grad, which is one thing. But then I think navigating friendships as they're changing, people are getting married, people are getting relationships, changing their career, just growing apart. Mm -hmm. It's a really hard thing. And friendship breakups are truly like a heartbreak. Like I grown apart from a very good friend of mine growing up and it has been so difficult for me. So do you have any like advice or wisdom on the topic? You know, so honestly, like I am definitely still in my journey of it. But what I can say that's brought me a lot of peace recently. Oh, my God. So, you know how I saw you. I had a 10 year high school reunion, you guys. And Kenzie just happened to be at the same bar we were at. And I was so thankful, because you know, anxious girlies here. I was literally in purgatory and I see Kenzie across the bar. And I was like, I called her and I was like, Kenzie, can you please come here? And I just needed like a quick hug from Kinsey. Like, you know, that that energy. Basically what I needed today. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like I'm bringing that today. But so when that day happened, I, of course, went into my 10 year reunion, like very stressed out. And also just like, I don't know how people interpret me anymore. And a lot of my high school friendships didn't work out. So I felt a lot of different ways, although I was really happy to see a lot of people. But I was talking to a few people that were like, I've wanted to reach out to you for a long time. And I think when you go so long without talking to someone, you kind of get in your head about how they think of you. And really, we're all just overthinking it. So the moral of the story here is that I realized I was overthinking it and that if I wanted to, you know, nurture adult friendships, old or new, I just kind of have to initiate that. And not overthink it because I really I don't know what it is. I think after the pandemic, I was like, nobody wants to hang out with me, like really kind of got in this weird headspace about people wanting to spend time with me. And I'm an introvert. So like I really do like spending time by myself. But I think it's it's not as bad as we all think it is. Like if you want these friends, just make the move kind of vibe. So since I've moved back like meeting you. I was so glad when you like messaged me because I was like, oh my gosh, I want to like hang out with this girl. I feel like we would vibe. And that kind of like gave me the confidence to be like, okay, we, we get along so great. I really should not be afraid to just reach out to people. And since like the past few months, I've been making more efforts, trying to do like more friend dates. And really it's just like, hey, do you, it's casual. Do you want to like go grab a drink? Do you want to get lunch? And with how busy everyone is, like it can really be hard, but that's not like a personal attack. So mm-hmm. you just kind of have to be like understanding that everyone's evolving and growing. And, you know, some of us have families now, married, kids, like whatever the case may be. I don't it's not a personal attack if it's a little bit difficult to maintain your friendships like you used to in your teen years or your, you know, younger adult years. I think when we isolate ourselves too. 
we, like you said, get so in our head, but we spiral. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, everyone hates us. And it's it's almost for me, I find it's in like always. For example, I'm going on a trip with some of my best friends meeting up with other best friends this weekend. And I was like, well, what if they don't want to hang out with us? And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell am I thinking? And I was really in my head about this this morning. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm literally currently planning another trip with the other group of friends. Like right? it is so crazy, but I will get in a spiral and convince myself that no one likes me, that no one wants to be around me, that like for me to ask someone to do something like yeah. to hang out is such a like burden on them yeah. when I'm in a weird place. Like I think especially after the pandemic, we all just kind of got weird, you know? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like, I I think we're all just overthinking it and not verbalizing it. And it would be a shame to just like miss out on quality time with people because it's honestly helped my mental health drastically to hang out with people outside of my husband and dog. So, I mean, I love them dearly, but like we need our own lives too. And so when I went to that 10 year reunion, I actually ended up getting lunch with a few people that I connected with there. And we're just like saying the same thing, like exactly what you're saying. Like, oh, I would never think you'd want to hang out with me or I figured you were too busy. Like, I am busy, but like, we'll figure it out. Even if I can't hang out with you for like six weeks, we're going to hang out. So, you know, you go out of your way to find that time. And I think everyone just has to be like patient and understanding that this is a weird transitional period, especially for people like us who are like in our 20s and trying to figure out like this new emerging adult life and trying to balance that on top of like everything else going on. So it's it just looks different. I think as an adult, it's not necessarily a bad thing you just have to kind of like get acclimated to this new way of having friendships how do you navigate either a friendship breakup or growing apart from a really close friend I think that's like my toxic trait (laughs) I'm like honestly working so hard on that in therapy so like okay I'm Scorpio and sometimes I feel like Like when I cut people off, it's really I'm cutting myself off because I don't feel like valuable enough to be around that person or I can't communicate like something. So it's actually like it can be very toxic on my end, but it's normally a reflection of me. But it's hard to communicate that to someone else and they probably think it's them or whatever. So really, I'm working on a lot of that and truthfully have not figured it out just yet it's hard like I've literally mourned so many friendships for different reasons and the ones that weren't necessarily my fault I feel like it's just a bummer (laughs) like I had friends especially in the pandemic where like we went through that whole thing of realizing like okay I got some pretty fucked up friends like Mm -hmm. or you just saw people's true realizing things realizing (laughs) things yeah and it's it sucked man like it really sucked and like literally one of my like childhood friends that was probably like my biggest like friend breakup it was just and it was their decision but that was probably one of the most brutal instances for me and I was I think what happened in turn from that is that I became really jaded and it was like after that I had a hard time like initiating friendships and stuff and I'm just now getting to the place of feeling safe enough to you know start to have new friends and stuff but I mean that was probably just as bad as a breakup like you know not speaking to someone that you've literally been to their house like your best friend their family's your family you're over at their house all the time like it sucks. 
So I have been having some breakouts recently. If you watch my vlogs, I've been complaining about it nonstop. By the way, sorry about that. It has gotten a lot better though, thank God. And I just think we should talk about adult acne because it is a real thing. I was hoping it wouldn't hit me, um, but alas, here we are, okay? I've had so many friends use apostrophe and so many of them reached out telling me I need to use apostrophe because that is how much it has helped and just transformed their skin. So again, we have all had troubles with our skin and that is why I'm so excited to partner with apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. At Apostrophe, an expert dermatology team will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies and a board-certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne and even chest knee, back knee, and butt knee. They treat breakouts from head to toe. I mean, the service experience is 10 out of 10. Anything that doesn't take forever and also doesn't make me leave my house, I am on board with. The unboxing experience was also a 10 out of 10, okay? Comes with this really cute postcard and stickers to personalize my little prescription bottle, which makes it like cuter and a more fun experience. We have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash Kinsey when you use our code Kinsey. The code is only available to our listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash Kinsey and begin visit. Then use our code Kinsey at sign up and you'll get your first visit off for only $5. That is A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E.com slash Kinsey and use code Kinsey to get your first dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. I'm Sinead Grimes-Beach. And I'm Annalyn McCord. After years spent playing best friends on screen on 90210. And fighting like hell behind the scenes. Ah, yes. How could I forget? <laughs> we made it out of our time in Young Hollywood on a show that shared names with the most iconic zip code in the world. Bonded for life, but not without a shit ton of baggage in tow. Now we are back together letting it all hang out on our new podcast, Unzipped. Tune in and unzip with us and our brilliant guests every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. My toxic trait is not knowing when to let go. Mm. Or no, I think I know I should let go. I think I just don't. You know, I, I think I do know better. Yeah. But I am very loyal to a fault. Like it's not, I actually don't think it's a good quality of mine at all. And so I don't really like change when it comes to relationships, even though I have change in my friendships and relationships all the time. Yeah. But I, it's specific ones. So if mm. I have had someone in my life for most of my life, like that means a lot to me. It's like they've been there through so much the ups and downs, like my childhood, so many traumatic things. Yeah. So it makes me as an adult now turning 25 this summer when I'm like, I know this friendship is not really healthy. And I know this mm. friendship is probably not great for me and probably not great for that person. I've had a really hard time knowing when I'm supposed to let go and when I'm supposed to like, oh, maybe we should talk it out and maybe we mm. should, you know, like I, 
it's almost like I do see this pattern in my relationships and my dating relationships for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I think where it affects me even more is friendships. Mm -hmm. And then who you surround yourself with is like obviously the most important thing in life. Yeah. And it can either be like the best thing or the worst thing for you. Mm -hmm. And so I'm currently having an issue knowing when I'm supposed to like let go because then I will find myself. I always blame myself for everything. Yeah. And so let's say I have like a friendship fallout or it's they're not really ever friendship fallouts or like fights. It's more so we're just like drifting over time. Mm -hmm. But instead of being like, you know what, actually this and I am wrong a lot of the time. But like, let's say it's a scenario where really I did everything I could. I still will find a way to like victimize that person, make it my fault. Mm. Because I think in my head, if it's my fault, then like I can fix it. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a control thing. Yeah. But I'm currently having that issue and I'm trying to like figure it out. I was talking to someone who's older than me yesterday about this. She's also, who's like a female entrepreneur in Dallas, very successful. And she's like, this is going to happen to you time and time again. Like you have to just learn and figure it out over time, but it's not something you learn overnight. But that's my problem is that like I just can't let go for whatever reason. That was me in college. Yeah. And so I think I, I'm i like the polar opposite. Like now what you're saying, I, I'm like, no, I'm the opposite. But like, I think I'm a little too opposite of you where like I'm too quick to cut people off because I think of the the friend breakups I've had in the past now where I'm like, you're not you're not going to hurt me. Like, I'll just leave. Mm-hmm. I'll walk myself out the door. But no, I think. What you have to think about in that cycle with victimizing the other person is like you have to look at the relationship not as like transactional, but like how much are they bringing to the table in this friendship? Is it you that's constantly having to like take the wheel here and fix things because that's not fair to you, especially if you're doing everything that you can. You can only do so much. So I think you have to ask yourself, like, what value are you getting from this relationship? And is it more toxic for you or is it more like, is it worth the fight? I guess, mm-hmm. you know, is it draining you energetically? Like, I'm I'm really big on energy. So, like, if I just always feel like it's a chore and like I'm I don't know, like the soul is being sucked out of me every time I'm around this kind of person, then that's something I have to look at. And it doesn't always mean that they're a bad person. Like sometimes you're just not matching up anymore, you know, same with like breakup. Sometimes you could be two great people that just aren't good for each other. And I think same for friendships, you know, so you have to be a little more careful with your time and who you spend time with, because at the end of the day, like you want to be surrounded by people who respect you, too. Yeah. And I'm like looking really deep into my life, thinking, why am I like this? Mm -hmm. I think it's weirdly a combination of having divorced parents Mm. and like wanting to make things work. Yeah. And then also feeling very isolated. And I, anyone who grew up with me always, I'm thinks I'm annoying for saying this because I was by no means an outcast, but I did start YouTube when I was 16, 15, Mm -hmm. 16. It's a weird thing to do. That's wild. (laughs) Yeah. And it wasn't like I was ever the outcast. Like I, it wasn't that, but I did I didn't really feel like I connected with my friends much anymore because my interests just drastically mm-hmm. changed when I started working. And I feel like I was talking to my dad about this last night. I'm like, I'm in the best place I've been friendship wise with all of my friends from home. And I'm like, it's because everyone has careers now. So like mm-hmm. we all are like on like the same ground again. And I was that like, I sense. just, you know, it was like a weird thing. So I think I was always grateful for the people that I felt so at home and comfortable with. Yeah. To the point where I ended up 
keeping myself and like holding myself back. I just, do you listen to Ed Milet? Mm-mm. I think you would actually really like Ed Milet. Yeah. He's like a personal development, business entrepreneur kind of oh, guy, but yeah. he has really good episodes on Skinny Confidential. Anyways, he just wrote this book in the chapter about friendships and about how he's very like, obviously you are who you surround yourself with and there's going to be friendships. There's going to be relationships in your life that you pour more into and then, or they pour more into you. Mm-hmm. It's never really like fully 50-50 or it's not always 50-50. Exactly. But that chapter really challenged me because I was like, I'm definitely keeping, I'm holding myself back but keeping myself in certain relationships that mm-hmm. are not good. I think that like we both have outgrown, but like right. holding on to it. So that's what I'm trying to like kind of unlearn almost. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to like respect yourself enough to be like, hey, yep. this isn't serving me anymore. And it doesn't have to be like dramatic or catastrophic either. It could just be like, I don't spend as much time with that person anymore. But again, like evolving adult friendships, like you kind of have to start thinking about these things more because you're giving more of yourself in other areas of your life, work, family, all the things. So like it's tough, but sometimes things just change and look different. And if you don't let go of those friendships, you won't have any room for For really good ones, for really good (laughs) friendships. Like the ones that I'm talking about have faded out of my life. And now, like I said, I'm in the best place I've been friendship wise Mm -hmm. because I've given myself that time with me, it's more, I'm not holding on to those things anymore. Like with my time, it's more of like sometimes my mental and emotional energy, I'll kind of spiral with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's really, your 20s are so weird and they're very they difficult. And friends that you thought you'd be friends with forever, mm-hmm. it just, it doesn't always end up that way. Not at all. <laughs> which is really difficult sometimes when you're me and you're kind of like a control freak and you yeah. don't like change with yeah. the relationships. But it's also a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And to like I'm so with you on change and like control like those are probably the biggest themes right now for me trying to like not be so clingy to both of those things right now but like you said you even if you try to fight it and force it it's going to end up the way that it should and I think like the more you try to fight it and control it the the worse it can probably be you know like you know deep down we have intuition we have those gut feelings like something is off here And we really have to get more confident in listening to that because I feel like even when I meet people, sometimes they can be like the sweetest people. And for whatever reason, I'm not clicking with them. Mm -hmm. And it's not it's not anything to be interpreted. It's just like I'm not on the same vibe as that person. And that's okay. Everyone else can love them or whatever. But I just didn't click. You know what I mean? But it's like I feel like these little bits of intuition and gut feelings that we get are like there for a reason to kind of steer us and help us know like you were right it's okay like something about this relationship or situation isn't for you yeah and just because something isn't for you doesn't make the other person a bad person like you were saying yeah which I think is also makes it harder because you're like I don't know there's nothing necessarily wrong it's Mm -hmm. just not right yeah something that someone told me in college that I always think about is hold everything in life with an open hand Mm -hmm. whether it's your career friendships relationships whatever it is because if you think about it when you're holding something with an open hand there's air and room for it to breathe Mm -hmm. and grow and change and evolve which is ultimately what you need in life but if you're holding something like if you're clenching it with your fist you're suffocating it Mm. so I think about that with friendships and even I've had so friendships now that have been in my life not off and on in a way that we've had like fallouts and stuff but just like at different times we've been close and then we've reconnected and whatever like all of my friends that I hang out with now 90% of them I've reconnected with Mm post-grad and we didn't talk for years before that. And it's like, that's another example of like holding things with an open hand. You don't know. Like, I think 
a lot of my I didn't I had great friends in college I had a really small school Mm -hmm. so I didn't have like these huge friend groups and stuff Mm -hmm. and like a lot of college friends that was a lot of change and growth and like we're not always super close but we're not super close with the people that we went to college with we have a few close friends but like you move and your life changes and like your interests change and what you're doing changes and even just being in different cities is going to change out it doesn't necessarily mean everything harder right yeah it's hard but it's like it doesn't mean that like those people are bad and or right. you're bad or you're failing. It's just like sometimes yeah. things change. They do. And it's a tough realization. Like, I don't know. It was really hard, especially in the pandemic. I had too much time to think about it. I was like, man, yeah, it just right. really sucks. Like, you know, the friendships that we had for a while, though. But I'm glad that we're saying that, though, because it's just kind of like the ebb and flow of life. Because I wish someone would have like told me it's not you, Bria, because I was fully convinced like I'm just a shit friend. Yeah, same. You know, and and people like us, I feel like we just kind of put it the blame on ourselves Mm because it's easier to rationalize when that's just not true. I mean, truly, there are no reasons why, like if you've done everything you can, especially and things just kind of drift apart. And it's that simple. It's not like anything to be overthought. We all know how good it feels to get compliments on what you are wearing. Have you ever seen someone wearing a colorful pair of flats and thought, oh my God, those are so cute. They might have been Rothy's, okay? I have these pink like fuchsia point shoes from Rothy's. They're the point shoe on Rothy's. They are the most comfortable shoes ever, okay? They're the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling. Everyone notices them. They are so stylish. They literally match with everything. You can dress them up. You can dress them down. They're so comfortable. Like if you don't want to wear heels on a night out, throw these on, okay? They're also so easy to wash. Like the washability factor of them is enough to sell you on these shoes. They are so comfortable, so stylish, and so easy to wash. I literally throw them in the washer, take them out. Feels like I got a brand new pair of shoes. So Rothy's is known for their chic pointed toe flats, but that is just the beginning. They have tons of iconic head-turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Plus, Rothy's works great with every outfit. You can wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out. They're insanely comfortable, almost like a slipper. And as soon as you take your first step, you think, oh my gosh, this is more like it. And Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. All of their products are knit and thread made from plastic water bottles. They have repurposed around 125 million water bottles so far. So your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash I love you. That is R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash I love you for $20 off your first order. Do you feel like you attract maybe more insecure people who are like more takers? No. Who? What kind of people do you think you attract? Or like, who are you mm. typically around? I feel like I attract a lot of extrovert friends, to be honest. Yeah, and, I guess that and makes I'm sense. and I'm not like AJ. My husband is the biggest extrovert. Like, for example, at that reunion I was telling you mm-hmm. about. I'm ready to go at like nine and I can't find him because he's like literally surrounded by my high school guy friends and they're just like chalking it up back there. And I'm like, okay, like whenever you're ready to leave my <laughs> reunion, you just let me know. But like, I have that social battery where I'm like, I'm out. I think it's interesting that I do attract a lot of extroverts because I don't have a lot of battery in me anymore. I used to, and now I just don't. And I'm like, Luckily, I attract friends that understand that about me. Like I had a girl's night in the other day 
And at like nine o'clock, I'm like in the corner, kind of like getting quiet. And one of my friends comes over. She's like, do you want us to leave? And I was like, no, you guys can stay. But if I go to bed, like it's cool, seriously. Yeah. And she's like, okay, cool. So they were just cozied up on my couch. And I'm like, we just understand yeah. our dynamic in that when like Bria's mentally done, I'm done, but you guys keep rallying. And that's me in like every social situation. I'm probably the first to leave. And I feel like I've had hard situations with, and they're not even my friends anymore with people who took that personal about me. They didn't understand that about me. I think that's another great thing about adult friendships as you grow and mature and you find the right people for you people are more understanding right and that isn't taken as personally because like even I mean in adulthood it can be taken personally with the right obviously it's still that still is adulthood but that is one of the best things of like I I feel like I'm less likely to get offended and my friends around me are a lot less likely to get offended. Yeah. And I think also I feel like more comfortable just saying that to people like I explaining myself before they think like, oh, is she mad or something like that? Because I used to just like Irish goodbye or whatever it's called in college. And then my friends would literally blow up on me the next day. Like, where did you go? We couldn't find you. And I felt like it was easier to just leave. And try to explain myself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think that communication now that I'm like more willing to talk about it because I know that it has like hurt my friends in the past that I didn't explain to them like, hey, this was overwhelming for me. Like, I'm just really tired or like I got really anxious and I had to go. Now people get that about me and they respect that about me. And they're like, we can we can all thrive in this little ecosystem. We just need to know more about each other and what what our needs are. And I think that's really good, one, to know that about yourself, but also to like have the boundaries set in place. Yeah. Because if not, if you're like, do if you're like people pleasing and staying and running yourself so dry, that's mm-hmm. going to hurt your friendship so much more than like, hey, I'm really just done. I can't do it tonight. Literally. You know? Yeah. Like you can't just like please everyone, like you said, and just do stuff that puts you in an uncomfortable position. And I used to just do that, especially in college. but especially now, like closer in my late 20s where my mental health has really like changed a lot. I have to set those boundaries because it's like, okay, I have to go back home with myself and like reset and everything. So, you know, I can't just do this to make everyone else happy anymore. And people understand that. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of mental health, I want to talk about Panic attacks, anxiety. You're very open about this. Yes. Um, you have lots of good, like, I feel like a lot of good content on YouTube mm-hmm. for this topic too. Can you share a little bit about your experience with anxiety? Yeah. So anxiety has honestly, I feel like it's correlated a lot to the trajectory of my career. The more I've grown, the more it's grown. Yeah. And I'm sure you can relate. <laughs> yeah. On the way here, actually. Literally <laughs> why I was anxious. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so that's like kind of the fine print that I'm learning now in terms of like growth is great. And when you're trying to expand your business or whatever, you don't really think about that. Like, oh, I couldn't possibly like take that as a negative thing. But no, for me, it's been like the more my business has grown, the more my platforms have grown, the more money I've made, the more stressed I've been getting because with that comes more responsibilities. I hate having conversations with my financial advisor. Like these are the things that stress me out. And I didn't have those responsibilities before because I didn't really have money yeah. to manage for a business. That used to give me 
oh. so <laughs> much anxiety. And I finally, it was when I moved to Texas, I made meeting with my financial advisor, like to be more, a lot more proactive yeah. and only since then. But even now it gives me anxiety. Like, but that was my biggest source of, because you just don't know what to do. It was horrible. Yeah, No, it, was, it's so stressful. Yeah. It's like, how much do I put aside for taxes? Exactly. Or like, you know, now I'm in the phase of hiring people to help me. And that's been a whole thing too. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't want to, of course, nobody wants to do it the wrong way. And then, you know, I've worked so hard to get here that I think there's that anxiety that if you fuck up, Bria, it's all going to be gone. Yeah. There's still that version of me that wants to like, interject in my thoughts and scare me. And what I've had to do is it was pretty bad. I think like two months ago was probably the worst my anxiety has been. And so I would be in public. And then basically what would happen is like, I would feel like the walls were closing in on me. And the only thing I could think to do was like run. <laughs> like that's all I could do. It was like this instinctive thing. So we were like sitting in a restaurant one time and I'm in a booth. And that was like the worst place to be when I started to like panic. So I'm just like, now I, can, I don't know what anyone is saying around me. I'm like looking around like nervously. And then like AJ is just confused because like I hadn't had these panic attacks before. So he's like, okay, you're being weird. And also you shouldn't say that to someone who's having a panic attack because that's yeah. even worse. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was with family at the time and I didn't want to scare them. So then on top of me feeling like I'm about to hyperventilate, I'm also like, I can't hyperventilate because if I do, they're going to think I'm dying and this is going to be really scary. And I'm just thinking how I'm going to ruin everyone's time when really I needed some support and I shouldn't be like putting everyone before me in this moment. So we get in the car and like, I needed to tell somebody so I like very subtly like tapped to my husband in the car and I was like having a panic attack. Like I just like mouthed it to him and he was like, okay. And so I'm like opening the window and I'm like, I mean, looking at it now, it like it's kind of hilarious. I'm, I'm sticking my head out the window like a dog, like trying to deep breathe. And my family's in the backseat. I'm trying not to be obvious that like I am not okay right now. So when I started to have these public instances, that's when I was like, okay, this is actually really bad. So I got back in therapy. I found someone in Dallas and then we started to have like, it's called progressive muscle relaxation or something like that. It's like a tactic I can use when I feel like I'm having an attack. Trying that. And if that doesn't work, then medication is like the next step. But honestly, I didn't want to go the medication route. I've been on anxiety meds before and I just feel like it took away my personality. So it's not a no, it's just not my first option. And I've been working on that, but I also started reading a lot of books on anxiety and kind of looking at this little anxious voice in my head as the childlike version of me. And that was like really impactful. It was like a simple thing I could do. But for example, when that anxious thought of like, hey, Bria, you're going to lose everything you've worked for if you make one mistake. That's like baby Bria who came from nothing, who's just looking out for me, but maybe not articulating it in the best way. So when I kind of started to become friends with that voice and be like, hey, thanks for letting me know, but I think we're okay. We're, we're, we have the tools, we have the resources, we have the support we need. We don't have to go there right now. I think when I started to look at that voice as a friend, I started to calm down. And like had less panic attacks. And I haven't had panic attacks in like at least a month now. 
So that's like pretty great for me. But it took looking at that as like, I'm not going to fight against this voice, this anxiety. I'm going to nurture it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I'm going to calm it down by like reassuring it. And it, I kind of separated myself from the anxiety. So that's helped me a lot. But there's this book called Unwinding Anxiety. 10 out of 10 recommend reading. That has helped me in a lot of ways. And just kind of like meditation, focusing on lifestyle habits, like morning walks, stuff like that. Really good. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. This is incredibly timely in this episode. We have all felt burnt out. I try my best to be proactive the ways that I've learned to deal with burnout, whether it's burnout from work or emotional burnout, dealing with just problems in your personal life. I try my best to be proactive by staying in therapy and taking care of myself. But regardless, life can be overwhelming and so many of us are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, irritability, fatigue, and more. Often we associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause, like I said, emotional burnout. Any of our roles in life can lead to us feeling burned out. BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. I have been in therapy on and off my entire life. I go every Thursday at one. It has changed my life and I cannot recommend therapy more. So BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's also much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. I feel like the two main reasons people avoid therapy is it's either too expensive or it's too overwhelming and BetterHelp is helping. Again, it's more affordable and by offering like video, phone, and even live chat sessions, it really helps to be in the comfort of your own home when you're getting more comfortable with therapy. I actually do a ton of my therapy just on video and I love it. So I cannot recommend enough. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Kinsey. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Kinsey. What I have to do when I have anxious spirals about my career or on I mainly it is career wise not that I'm thinking about it it's right always linked to that <laughs> same but I try to almost look at myself like it's like an out-of-body experience like it's mm -hmm. like my anxiety I look at it as like a totally different person yeah so very similar but it's what I have started doing over the past probably like a year or so is like telling myself the facts so it's like not only do I look at my anxiety as it's a separate person mm -hmm. but I will go through and be like is that a fact but is that true where who told you that <sighs> like asking myself who told me that is really helpful yeah like deducing yes. your idea and kind of getting to the bottom line like where is that coming from yeah and like is that actually true and mm -hmm. is that actually a fact and even if it is well worst case scenario how did like not worst case in an unhealthy way, but worst case of like, I'll still be okay yeah. and getting to that point. But it's, that's something I feel like people do talk about online, but not enough because like it yeah. has to affect everyone who's on the internet. Like I can't imagine it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how big you are too. I always think like, I ask around a lot and then always like work through in therapy because I'm like, I don't think that there will just be a day I mean, I obviously know how anxiety works. I've had anxiety my entire life. But mm -hmm. like, I don't think that like there will be a day where you hit a certain career's like milestone and then it goes away. Right. It only gets probably worse and worse as time goes on. Yeah. And, and that's why I think like what we're doing 
going to therapy and and learning these tactics now because like with you I'm I'm scared I'm like I don't want to like with success become more stressed out because I don't think I could possibly handle that like I can't can't even go to Chili's right now yeah Yeah. like I'm just trying to go to Chili's and get some queso without having a freak out in public seriously though Chili's is slept on but yeah like we have to learn these tools and I think also, like you said, in this era of social media, like we are the guinea pigs for what this is doing to us mentally. And so <laughs> that sucks. I know that really sucks. <laughs> yeah. So it's so true, though. Like, who do we have to look to to see what the effects are going to be, especially as creators and people like to downplay creators and influencers and their mental health? Because like, oh, you have a platform like, please. Please, if that was the secret sauce to happiness, a lot more people would be doing this job. It's not. And so I think we just need to all understand this is like a really transformative period in the human evolution. It really is with social media. And we got to kind of like create that buffer and tactics to like be able to kind of fight that. What you said in response, this just reminded me because I don't think social media is going away in any way, shape or form. I love Emma Chamberlain so much. Same. I didn't agree. I didn't even listen to the episode, so I guess I can't really. But like, I heard yeah. enough on TikTok. I didn't agree with basically her saying the influencer is dying, and I fully agreed yeah. with what you said. And that's another thing. Like, it is we're on such new territory. Mm-hmm. It'll still be new territory probably like ten years from now. Like, this right. is such you you just don't know how much it's going to affect you. Something that I've been seeing a lot on TikTok is people not wanting to take this full time because they don't. I actually think this might have been Sierra who said this, but she's great. Love her. But she was saying she doesn't really want, whoever it was was saying, they don't really want to take it full time because they don't like the idea that their career stems off their likability mm-hmm. as a person because that's so personal to you. Yeah. And I've been doing this since I was 16, like the internet of some shape or form. Mm-hmm. I don't know what life is like without that and I've never really thought of it that way like I think the TikTok new wave is so different too than YouTube was like it's a you blew up a lot faster and it's a different ratio to YouTube to TikTok it's just a totally different platform and TikTok comments are just so mean because it's on so many different they are unhinged they're unhinged (laughs) I feel like TikTok comments now are what YouTube comments were in like 2016 YouTube has not been that mean I feel so safe on YouTube. Yes, YouTube is so... Because you have to go out of your way to watch the video. Uh, mm-hmm. Or like a TikTok can just show up on your phone for you, bitch. That's why a lot of views, it's like, yeah, you're getting that many views, but how many people are actually like engaged? Right. It's totally different. It's like Whereas different. if people are watching your YouTube video, they're actually are like more engaged. Yeah. So it feels safer. Yeah. But I never thought about it until they said that. And I was like, that is so true. Like your career really does stem off of I think people liking you. Yeah. I guess that is true to a certain extent, depending on your content. I, feel I don't like. feel it fully, but I get what they're saying. I no, Yeah, I, I get what they're saying, too. And I feel like personally, I've inter I used to like really believe in that. And I think that was like a toxic mindset mm-hmm. for me to have that. Like, I have to be so likable in order to have a career. And that's just not possible. If on the Internet, you're not yeah. going to be liked by everybody. So I get that statement. But also, I think what people what your career also depends on is like the value you bring because like you don't have to like a person but like what if this person has like really good insight on this area of your life that you want help with you know what I mean because I follow like a few people that I wouldn't necessarily say I like adore and love them but they're like really smart and I just value what they have to say so I think in terms of being a creator like if you can bring value 
like you, you'll be relevant in that sense. And likability is like the cherry on top. But I had to disconnect, disconnect myself from the likability factor because I just will never be able to make everyone happy. I was thinking of likability totally different than you were oh, thinking really? of likability. I completely agree with you. When I think likability, I more so, I didn't mean being liked by the masses. Oh. I meant like people have to like you and then cancel culture. Oh. But yeah. when I think of it, I actually don't think you should be liked by everyone because right. if you're liked by everyone, you're not really, no one's a dedicated follower of yeah, yours. I hard. think you have to find the people that actually like you and that's mm-hmm. not going to be everyone, you know? Exactly. And I think you're actually better off not being liked by other people because that means you're going to be really liked by other people who really get you. Yeah. There's no one person in the world that is liked by everyone. So exactly. if everyone on the internet likes you, you have a bunch of like lukewarm followers. Right. <laughs> I don't think you should be liked by everyone at all. I more so meant... I guess like in the cancer culture thing of it all, mm. but I've never gone down that mindset or spiral because that's a recent TikTok yeah. thing that was never a YouTube thing. I always felt yeah. like people, like even this weekend, I had a pop-up recently and girls came that have literally followed me since high school. Wow. And they're like, I feel like we've grown up together. Like I know so much of this. And like when you went through this and mm. it helped me and things like that, I feel like YouTube allowed me to, and the podcast really honestly, but has allowed me to make a really strong connection with my audience yes versus like i'm not looking to be liked by everyone also i'm that like that is so fact i just told aj that because like so i'm newer to youtube for everybody listening and so i'm killing it on youtube though recently started to grow after like literally four years of crickets uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're very happy but i was saying that this has never happened to me before as a creator that like i have this community now that really cares about me on yeah. this deeper level. Like I've been getting the sweetest message. Like you get those messages like, oh my God, I love this, love that. No, I'm getting like the paragraphs yeah. where it's like you changed my life. And every now and then that would happen. But like that has never happened to me as frequently as it is now where like every time I open my phone, there's another message. And I was thinking about like why, and they're all from YouTube. This is not TikTok. This is not Instagram people. These are all my subscribers. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know, they're literally, this is the only long form platform. They're like up in my business. And like, it's that FaceTime vibe. Like we we hang out, like they turn you on while they're cleaning or whatever. And so there's this level of like intimacy that you can't get anywhere else. And I'm just now discovering this. And I'm like, it's really cool. I'm sure there's negative sides to this and I'll figure it out at some yeah. point. <laughs> You're like, yeah. But I'm I'm honestly just like so thankful for this new like level of connection with my followers because I've never had that. Like TikTok was my biggest platform. And it's like, you guys get increments of me literally in 15 seconds. And you don't, mm-hmm. you don't know me on TikTok. You know, the little bits and pieces I put out there. But now it's like this really cool experience. I remember when I started the podcast and the network was saying like you were going to gain a much deeper connection with your audience. And I think that's because they were prime, like people maybe weren't on YouTube before they were starting podcasts. They mm-hmm. were coming from different avenues. And I was like, I have that because of YouTube. And I remember always thinking like, what? And then once I was on TikTok and I can tell immediately when someone comes out to me based on what plot if they listen mm-hmm. either listen to the podcast and youtube those are grouped into two or they're a tiktok follower yeah because it's very surface level it's like oh my god like i follow you whatever like very quick youtube podcast it's like they know you it's yeah. way more and also like as 
even when it comes down to like a business model, it just, it works better because people are, are more invested yeah. in your building. Like for me, I've always wanted to build a community. Yes. And so like, it's so, and I think there's people who have done a great job on TikTok that have done that, but I think it's a lot harder. It is. Whereas a podcast or a YouTube channel, it allows, because they're long form content, it allows for that like almost like community breeding ground yeah. to where people are a lot more invested even in my like Geneva chat and like someone comes up and they're like, oh my God, my best, friend, my best friends are Geneva, whatever. I can always tell if they found me through TikTok or if it's mm. YouTube podcast because the connection is just totally different. Yeah. To me, it's like so rewarding. Like I love that, but I'm glad I started with YouTube first. I don't think I would have lasted this long had I not. Yeah, that was my regret was not starting with YouTube. Yeah. Because I could tell pretty quickly. One, it's one of the most stable platforms. And two, it's one of the most lucrative. So from a business standpoint, I was like, man, I am sleeping on YouTube. But I mean, that's why you literally hear people refer to these people on YouTube as YouTubers. Like that is a whole career, like the amount of effort and energy you have to put into it and the kind of community you get there. It's literally its own career. You don't hear people. I mean, people kind of say like, oh, TikTokers and like, Instagram, I guess Instagram model was a term, but it's like, I don't know, in my mind, like YouTuber held a lot more weight. Like when you heard that word, you were like, oh yeah, rich, like yeah. stable. <laughs> like, money is different. You yeah. know, it's it's very different. And so I, I fully agree. Like I, re- I made it a big goal to like really focus on YouTube. And it was so hard because like at this point getting into YouTube, like I started maybe like four years ago. I mean, it's so saturated, so saturated. And it's like, I don't know how to even be on this platform. I don't know how to work it. But like literally when I gave up and I was like, I'm just going to make whatever content show up in my bonnet, like not try. I used to like try to be so. But that's what people love. Yeah. Yeah. I used to try to be so interesting and like coordinate my days around YouTube. And literally when I was like, hey, like I'm at home, clean with me. That's when stuff started to grow and work out. Yeah. People just like your everyday stuff. I don't watch like the YouTubers that I watch. I only watch their vlogs when they're at home. I never watch travel. I don't watch that. Like I like a normal day to day. And that's the same with my audience. Last thing I'll say on the YouTube TikTok like topic, I was getting really down on myself for my YouTube channel. And I was like, I just feel like no one's watching. No one cares. Spiral, typical stuff that's not true. But in my head, it was very true at this this period of my life. Talking to a friend, I was like, I wish I could just do TikTok and podcasts. I'm so jealous of people who are just... TikTok and podcasts and like I could I would never give up my YouTube channel but like I was like I'm jealous of that and a friend of mine who's very big in YouTube was like whatever you do do not do that because YouTube is the most stable you have what so many people on TikTok would kill to I have. was just gonna say Kenzie do you want to switch with me no literally and that's what everyone on TikTok <laughs> says but it's like grass is always greener you know it is it is like but I was spiraling that's so funny that like yeah. you have those thoughts and I'm literally like I'll take I'll switch with you. That would be so funny. Like, no, I I literally would switch with you. But like from that standpoint, though, there was a time when when Trump was like, oh, we're going to take away TikTok. I was like, that's my whole career. So add it to the list. That's that's great. Yeah. Just check that box. too. Like just snatch a job away from another girl. Yeah. That that really was scary for me. And that's when I realized how fragile my job was. But I think in that sense, that's when I really got serious about YouTube after that situation happened, because I literally was like on my friend's bachelorette trip having the worst time because I'm like, is it over? Like, 
did it pass? And I'm like, I had to get on TikTok, make a quick video, like, hey, follow me on Instagram if you care. Like, you yeah. know, it, it just sucks to be in that position. And like, as a creator, though, like, I'm so proud of you for like creating things of your own, like your own brand and stuff, because yeah, like I haven't gotten to the point of like figuring out what I want to do in that sense. And that scares me. Because right now my focus is no rush. Yeah. Yeah. My focus is just building community, like you said. And I don't want to have to jump into like creating something for safety. I want to do that when it feels right. Yeah. And that's another thing. If you're a content creator, diversify your platforms. It's so important. Be everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Be everywhere. Like a lot of people are like, find your thing, stick with them. Honestly, be everywhere. Yeah. Or if you're going to like niche or pick one thing, it's YouTube. Like seriously, YouTube and I feel like podcasts are really safe to go with because you have control over like the platform. Yeah. I will say TikTok is the easiest for growth. Yes. So if you're trying to grow TikTok and you don't have to actually be on every single platform, but I will say I was like, no, I'm setting a boundary when TikTok started. I'm like, I'm already on YouTube. I'm posting like five times a week on YouTube at that point. I'm on Instagram and I'm doing a podcast. I literally cannot add more. My biggest regret is not hopping on TikTok when it was like everyone was growing so quickly. Because now I'm on TikTok and I love it because it's fun. It feels like a hobby again. It feels like what YouTube felt like when I was like 16, 17. Yeah. So I'm loving TikTok and I'm like, I wish I would have done this because it's there will... I don't know if there will ever be an app again where it was that easy to grow. Mm-hmm. So anyways, take that with a grain of salt. I do, last thing I want to talk about with you is being the breadwinner. Oh, yes. Very, I love this topic. <laughs> breadwinning housewife energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> housewife energy. The summer collection is now out, guys. Go shop it. But I want you to share your perspective as being like the female breadwinner in the family, I guess. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's very wild. So my husband quit his corporate job right after our wedding, which was like October, November to full-time work with me. And so that was like a huge milestone for us. Like it was something that we knew we eventually wanted to get to for one, like the freedom of it to like be able to have control over our day and everything. My husband's white, first of all. So I'm in an interracial relationship. So there's a layer that we have to address right there. So I've already been used to the experience of like going out to eat and like, you know, not really being acknowledged or like whenever we are doing business types of things, like they look at him, they don't look at me. And so I was already used to that. But when I became the breadwinner and literally was like, I'm the one signing these contracts, like, and he was just there, you know, with me during those times, it's like, you really feel the the like heat there with how people don't even expect it to be you don't even ask questions like hey who's who's making the decisions here you know in terms of my entire business my my business people would never assume that and so that was one thing that I kind of had to get over it doesn't bother me anymore it used to a lot because it's like I work my ass off to get here just for my husband to stand next to me and get acknowledged like come on and he it's not his fault he feels like terrible about those situations that's just how the world is and so I think the most surprising part has been like (laughs) love my parents I hope they don't listen to this but (laughs) my parents I've realized are very traditional and me and AJ obviously are not like there's a lot of parts of our lives that are just going against the grain here and so I had made this just like a funny story at this point but I was at my parents house and I made a comment and I don't remember what the sentence was but I referred to myself as the breadwinner my mom about flew out of her chair and was like don't say that in front of AJ ever and he wasn't there and I was like 
so confused. I like, what are you? I am the breadwinner. And she's like, yeah, but you don't have to say it. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like genuinely like part of me was pissed that she was so defensive that I could not say that about myself, especially after how hard I worked. But also that like that's a bad word, because if I said AJ's the breadwinner, nobody would think twice. Right. So I'm confused that this is fact. This is truth. And you're telling me not to say it. And by the way, AJ would shout it from the mountaintops that I'm the breadwinner That's because awesome. this has been a huge benefit to both of us. And he is my biggest supporter. He would never, ever, his ego is just not in the way of that. And I think that's why we're able to succeed and continue to grow because it's not about that power dynamic. We both contribute in ways that work for us. Like I don't cook, he does, <laughs> but that doesn't make him any less of a man or whatever he wants to interpret it as. But some people would be like, oh, that's a weird dynamic. It's not for us. It works for us. I'm just not like my cooking sucks and we can we can acknowledge what we're good at and our strengths in this relationship your strengths yeah and just that's that works for us like why does it have to be this big thing and these like stereotypes and traditional roles like you know just do what works for you but the breadwinner thing was probably the funniest thing that I've had to come to terms with mostly with like older people addressing us and some people not even like really taking me serious about it. like we have this one person I wouldn't call them a friend that literally mocks my job and is like, but they don't keep up with me in any way to know like, oh, I'm actually like doing pretty great. Probably far out earning them. Yeah. You've made a successful business. You've grown it. Yes. Yeah. Like I can go on and on and on. Yes. Like literally this person was aware that like I like literally hired my husband. Right. And he's like, so are you are you full time yet? Like, are you still you know, it was and it was the tone. Yeah. It was like, I know what you're doing here. Like you're trying to. Oh, no, I know the type. Yeah, oh, I know. what. Yeah, I can picture it. You know, and so it's just that's annoying. But I think it makes these wins even more special to me because mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I am doing that. We, we're doing that. And it might not look like how people picture it to look. But I think that's even better because, I mean, that's so boring to like just think that it could only be one way. And like, how cool is it that there's a black woman who's like making these things happen? Like, you should be happy for me, you know, yeah, very happy for you. Yeah. Right? And most people are. It's like the very few that make it apparent that they don't think I should have these things. And I'm like, well, you just wait because more is coming. <laughs> <laughs> what I really just like on top of that is that the whole concept of, I'm not even dating right now. And I'm like, mm -hmm. it is, again, I was talking to my dad about this last night. I'm like, it's actually a very difficult thing in dating because it really does, even if someone says they don't care and it doesn't bother them, the chances of it bothering them later, like in a way, it's actually kind of nice because it, it makes like my dating pool smaller. Yeah. So it kind of, it really does kind of help me. But it is a it's just a really fucked up thing that as a girl who's like successful and a high yeah. earner, you know that like that could eventually play. Like, obviously, that's not your problem. Like you guys have a great marriage. It's not AJ at all. But like it is annoying when it comes to dating and just in general. Like, why should girls be ashamed of how much they make or right. like not be able to say they're a breadwinner? Like, or and not that's be able... not that's not your problem. That's yeah. their problem. They have to like 
deeply reflect on why does that piss you off? Because AJ is looking at me like, yeah, like we get more vacation time. I get it. He's like, you got to look at it as like the win is for everyone. Does he come from a family that's like that? Or like what? Or is he just like naturally like that? He's just always been like really supportive and like. I Just mean, a healthy male. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I was also going to say, like, I think it's important to acknowledge that AJ was with me bef- when I first started. So he watched me grow into this career and maybe it would have been different if we met when I was already more established, like it would have felt uncomfortable for him because they were like, for example, when we first started dating, he had like insecurities in terms of like thinking that he wasn't good enough to date me, you know, that type mm-hmm. of energy. And he had to like gain his confidence. I'm like, I'm with you for a reason. Like you need to see that. Like you're the one who you went after me because like, yeah, we are good for each other. So I think maybe if we had met down the road, there could have been a little bit of dissonance in that way with our career and might've made him feel some kind of way. But because he's been the one helping me along the journey, I think it was easier for him to be like, and and he's been a part of it. Like he's helped me. So it wasn't just me. Like, I couldn't have done a fraction of this without his help. You know, he was very essential to my success. And I think he's also proud of that too, because we did this together, you know, but it's hard that like, you know, it can't just be easier and people can't accept that with women when you know, if the roles are reversed, it's not even a question. (laughs) I think that all the time. I'm like, why is it okay for a guy who's making seven figures a year to be with, a girl who's making like not much and isn't mm-hmm. like not that that's a bad thing but like just isn't as it's not a big whatever deal. it's not a big deal no but if that's flipped not that I don't want someone who's like super driven but like the second that's flipped it's so yeah crazy you know I think it's like they are more caught up on how people perceive them yeah that's rather true. than the actual reality of the situation because it I think they're more caught up on like oh like she's the one providing like when you care about that part it's gonna get to you but if you were just like if nobody else was involved you'd probably be like straight chilling like yeah she yeah. makes more than me but I don't know I'm trying to think like why why it could honestly be that big of an issue yeah I think it's a lot of like to be fair like societal standards and like pressure totally. that is put on men to be the provider yeah. and like you were taught that from your family and so when you, if you end up finding your worth through that, I see, not that I agree with it or think it's right. Mm-hmm. I see why that would wear on your confidence and affect a relationship negatively. Like, I think if you were in that mindset and in that headspace, right. instead of two being like, well, when we're together, it's like also a partnership. Like you said, mm-hmm. like AJ is part of this. Like it wouldn't be, you know, so I think it's different. Also, I do think like sometimes very driven women who make a lot of money attract the complete opposite of that for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And or like people not even attract, but like the people who are the opposite of like cling on to that because they want that energy, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I and that is obviously like a totally different topic. But I do Mm -hmm. think it's annoying. And I also think it's really stupid that girls like it's totally fine for a guy to be like, bragging about his mm-hmm. career and all this stuff and whatever and the second that a female is like proud of herself for what she's built right. especially if you're like in the digital age like mm-hmm. god forbid you'd be proud of like being an influencer or whatever right i think that it's just like messed up because it's again like tr- making women smaller to make mm-hmm. everyone else comfortable right and, and that's, that's what makes me mad yes and that's what made me upset with the conversation with my mom was like 
I mean, I'm your daughter. Like, you should be hyping me up, yeah. right? And I think we kind of like came to an understanding after that conversation. But it was like, why do I have to like diminish who I am? And I'm just saying what is like literally fact. Like no, if I if I stop literally fact, like <laughs> if I stop working, <laughs> no one's making money. Yeah. I'm the breadwinner. That is just what it is. And so even like my mom coming from a really good place, you know, saw it as like you're going to you know, put a strain on your marriage by like acknowledging that. I'm like, no, we don't. That's not how we work in this marriage. Like we're very straight. (laughs) That's not how we work. That's not how we roll here. (laughs) Like, yeah. And like I said, he'll tell, he'll tell you first before I can say it. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And we've been talking for so long. Of course. It's so fun. I was like, yeah, we need to do, we're basically having margaritas without margaritas. No, literally. I can't believe I was thinking about this today because I thought you'd already been on the show. Mm-mm. And I was like, wait a second, this is her first time. Like in yeah. my head, you had been on the podcast before. So this would be why <laughs> it has taken so long. Cause I was like, wait, she actually hasn't. I don't know why I was so set on the fact that you'd been on the show before. Yeah. No, in spirit, I guess. But <laughs> now really? it's actually a reality. I'm so glad. Where can they find you? You guys can find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram at Habria Jones. And a look out for a podcast in the fall, maybe. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's show. As always, leave a nice five-star rating. DM me or comment what you guys liked about this episode. Follow Bria on everything um, and be sure to shop the Breadwinning House of Collection. I love you all so much and I will talk to you next Thursday. Bye.